This is KMTT and the weekly Pashat HaShavua Shirat. This year, Tavshin Ayn, it will be given by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week, Pashat Emor, I would like to discuss something topical connected to the season, uh, something connected to the Omer. Ve'ikra Perk Kaf Gimel, Pasuk Tet, says as follows. God commands Moshe, Daber el Bnei Yisrael v'amata aleihem, speak to Bnei Yisrael and tell them, Kitavola arata shenotein lachem uktsartem et ktsira, and you will cut a cutting, ve'yvetem et omer, and bring a measure, reshet ktsirchem, the first of the cutting, ela kohen, the first of the harvest to the, to the priest. And of course, we know what happens when the reshet haktsir, the first of the harvest, the Omer, the measure, is brought to the Kohen. Uh, it is waved in front of God as an offering. And after describing what is done, the Torah tells us when it is done. We are told that the Omer, colloquially known as the Karbana Omer, the offering of the Omer, is brought on Macharat HaShabbat. Now, at this point, the Torah goes on, and after describing the uh, karbanot uh, that are brought along with the Omer um, on this day, the Torah tells us, beginning in Perkaf Gimel, Pazik Tetvav, the following. It again re- returns to, or repeats this interesting and mysterious phrase. The Torah says in Kaf Gimel Tetvav, Usfartem lacham yimacharat ha-shabbat, and you will count from this day the macharat ha-shabbat, miyom haviachem et omrat from the time you bring the measure of waving, Sheva Shabbatot Timimot Tiana, you count seven full weeks, Adi Macharat HaShabbat HaShviit, until the seventh Macharat HaShabbat, Tispru Chamishem Yom, one counts 50 days. We have here the third reference, uh, or the fir- third mention of this phrase, Macharat HaShabbat. And after this whole cycle, beginning with the Korban Omer of the seven weeks and the 50 days, something called a Mincha Chadasha is brought. And what does it consist of? From your homes you should bring bread for waving, two breads, made out of fine flour, made out of chametz. There's this mincha chadasha, these two breads that are made from chametz, that are brought from the homes, bikurim lashem, they are bikurim, then there are karbanot, uh, that are brought along with the Shtei Lechem. And finally, towards the end of the parsha, way down in Perak Kaf Gimel, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, we are told, Ukaratem be'etzem hayom hazeh, and you should call out um, on this day, this day that you bring the Shtei Lechem, the two breads, the Mincha Chadasha, you should call out Mikra Kodesh, to sanctify it as holy year, Lechem kom tasu, hukat olam b'chol moshvotechem, l'dorotechem, etc. So this day, the 50th day, is a holiday. It's a Chag. It is a Mo'ed. And of course, this makes perfect sense because, after all, Vayikra Perk Kaf Gimel is what is often colloquially known as Parshat HaMo'adot, the Parsha of the Torah that refers to the holidays. Uh, beforehand, before the mention of this particular 50th day, the previous holiday is that is mentioned is, of course, Pesach. Uh, for example, if we go back to... Um, we're told there, 
um, in the first month, on the 14th uh, day, it is going to be Pesach, and then the Torah proceeds to elaborate the beginning on the 15th. We have Chagam Matzot, etc. And uh, posterior, after the mention of uh, the Karbana Omer, the cycle of counting Sfirata Omer, and the holiday of the 50th day, um, we are told about a different holiday. If we jump down to Perak Kaf Gimel, um, Pasuk, Kaf uh, Dalid, we're told as follows, On the seventh month, the first of the month, Shabbaton, Zichron Shua, Mikra Kodesh, of course, the mention of Shua, the first day of the seventh month, this, of course, is what we know as Rosh Hashanah. Now, there are many things uh, that are interesting about um, this fiftieth uh, day, this holiday, which comes at the end of Sifrat Omer. Um, the first being is that unlike some of the other Chagim, it seems not to have a proper name per se. Uh, it is the day when you bring the Mincha Chadasha. Uh, it is the day when you bring the, the the new offering. It is the day when you bring the Shteh and the two breads. And Based upon Baker Kaf Gimel, if we had to pick a name for this holiday, I would venture to say we might call it the Chag Mincha Chadasha, the day when the Mincha Chadasha is brought. Or we might call it Chag Shteh the day of the two breads. Or we might call it Chag Chametz, the holiday of Chametz, as opposed to Chag Hamatzot, which had come, 50, which had come previously. Or we might call it Chag Bikurim and the like. Now, of course, based upon other uh, psukim in the Torah, we call this uh, day Shavuot. Properly so, based upon Sefer Bamidbar, which we will not go into at the moment. But certainly one question one could raise uh, about this particular Chag is its identity, its name, what should we call it, which of course would be interesting to discuss. Now, alternatively, um, we could discuss another interesting facet of this Chag, which is that it seems not to have a calendaric date. Um, as opposed to all of the other Chagim mentioned here in Vayikra Perak Kaf Gimel, all of the other Mo'adim, um, there is no particular mention of date. Again, thinking about it, the prior Chag, which I uh, cited earlier, that of Pesach uh, and Chag Amatzot, occur on the 14th and 15th of the first month, and the Torah goes out of its way to mention so, uh, in Baker Per Kafkimo Pasuk, Dalit Hay, and on. And the Chag that follows afterwards also has a proper date, the first day of the seventh month, Rosh Hashanah, and likewise for Yom Kippur and Sukkot, etc. And what's very interesting about our mysterious Chag is not just its lack of name, but its lack of calendaric date. Now, in fact, well, all this would be interesting to discuss, I want to focus in our shiur today on something else. Not so much uh, what it is, uh, or even the lack of calendaric date, but the fact that it seems not at all to be clear when it is, uh, and when this Chag should happen. Now, what do I mean by this? As uh, introduced at the beginning of the Shi'ur, the way that, and we'll call this for now, Chag Shavuot is calculated, is of course calculated from Maharat HaShabbat. Um, the Karban Omer is brought on uh, Maharat HaShabbat, and then 50 days are counted, uh, as we are told in Verek Perek Kafkim HaPasit Tetvav, Usfatem Lachami Maharat HaShabbat Miyom Avechem Et Omer Tnufa, Sheva Shabbatot Miltiyana, 50 days or 7 weeks or 7 complete weeks until the 50th day, to be precise. Adi Maharat HaShabbat HaShviyat, which is of course the third mention of this phrase. So it would seem that when Shavuot is, depends upon what we mean by Maharat HaShabbat, or when or what Maharat HaShabbat is. Now, this is the question I would like to discuss. How do we interpret this mysterious phrase of Maharat HaShabbat? What exactly does this phrase mean? 
And is there any particular problem here which needs to be resolved? Now, of course, as most of you most probably know, this question or this famed problem of the meaning of Maharat HaShabbat um, has an ancient history. And I would like to begin uh, by citing you a Rashi, which sends us to an interesting Gemara in Menachot, which maps out for us some of the famed history of the problem of Maharat HaShabbat. Um, Rashi here, um, on our parsha in Ve'ekaper Tafkimel Pasugid Aleph, says as follows in the words Maharat HaShabbat. Um, this is the morrow of the first day of Pesach. Uh, to translate for the moment the calendaric dates. In other words, this is the 16th of Nisan is when the Omer is brought. Um, because if you would say that Maharat HaShabbat does not mean the morrow of Pesach, but it means Maharat Shabbat Breshit, meaning Sunday, the day after Saturday, the day after the seventh day, which would seem to be the simple an obvious meaning of Maharat HaShabbat, that it means Sunday. Um, you don't know which one it is. So Rashi here presents uh, the argument uh, that Maharat HaShabbat must be interpreted as meaning the morrow of Pesach, i.e. the 16th of Nisan, um, because it cannot possibly mean Sunday, the morrow of Sabbath, because, uh, Shabbat, because if so, uh, one would not know when it is. Now, what Rashi teaches us is, of course, um, that there are two sides to the coin here. This is what seems to be perhaps the simple reading of the, uh, of the verses of the Psukim. The Maharat Shabbat means Sunday. And then there's, of course, the traditional rabbinic interpretation uh, found in the Gemara Menachot, which Rashi effectively is quoting, um, that Maharat Shabbat means the day after Pesach. And if so, of course, this is our custom and our halacha. Um, that it is the day after Pesach that the Karbana Omer is brought, and then we count 50 days, and then we have Shavuot, and the date of Shavuot is fixed as an end to the Pesach Omer cycle, uh, or counting, or process, etc. Um, now, as I pointed out, Rashi, um, to some extent, is citing the Gemara here, and I think it's interesting, just interesting in its own right, but also in terms of to get towards what I want to discuss in the Shi'or, um, to cite a little bit of the Gemara in Menachot, it's actually a daf and a half. What I'd like to do is to cite part of the Gemara which records a machloket between Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai on the one hand, and an old Baitusi, an old sectarian Jew on the other hand, which also presents some of the rabbinic perspective. Much of it's cited uh, in the Mefarshe Pshat on the Chumashir. Some of the Joshot um, Chazal explaining as to why Machrat Shabbat should be interpreted as meaning Machrat Pesach. And I'm referring here to the Gemara in um, the Bavli, in Menachot, Daf Samach Amir Aleph. It's a long sugya which uh, extends all the way until Daf Samach Vav Amir And here just cite a, a bit of it. And the Gemara says as follows. Uh, the Baitusim, uh, this was a, a, a sect, uh, um, said that Atzeret, which is the rabbinic name for Shavuot, Achar HaShabbat, always comes out on a Sunday. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai confronted them. Vamalahem showed him. How do you know this? How do you know this? Why would you ever think such a thing? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai found this to be rather astounding. And none of them had the answer. None of them had the obvious answer. Rather strange. Um, except for one elder that was just kind of muttering uh, and, and really had nothing to say per se. And he came up with the following strange and bizarre argument as to how he knows that Maharata Shabbat must mean Sunday. Va'amar, the old 
elderly Baitusi said, Moshe Rabbeinu Ohev Yisrael Haya. Moshe Rabbeinu was a lover of Am Yisrael, uh, and he knew that Atzeret is only one day. He knew that Shavuot is a Chag of only one day. Amad Vitikna Achar Shabbat. And he stood up and established it after Shabbat to come out on Sunday. Uh, so that Am Yisrael could have a pleasure or a joy of two days. Um, very strange and bizarre argument. The Vesher of Yochum and Zakeh rejects this absolutely completely, uh, not surprisingly, and says, Shote, you're a fool. Lo Torah kisicha shelachem. Our Torah Shlema, our rabbinic Torah Shlema, should not be considered similar to the silly arguments that you make. Now, the key idea here is, of course, that the Gemara presented that the Baitusim have no particularly good arguments uh, for the reading of Macharat Shabbat. Um, as meaning Sunday. But the other idea, which is implicit in Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai's uh, uh, term, uh, terminology here, is that there's an idea of Torah Shlema, of a whole Torah, of a certain kind of approach to Torah, what we might colloquially refer to as Torah Shabbat, which indicate, indicates to us um, that um, the proper interpretation of Maharat HaShabbat is the day after Pesach, Maharat HaPesach. And the Gemara here cites many different limudim. There are actually seven or eight. And one of the prominent ones is uh, the one that Rashi cites to us already. Uh, and it actually appears in the Gemara in the name of Rabbi Yossi. Um, and it, it, there's a certain sense that Shavuot as Achag must have a relatively fixed date. It appears here um, in the Parshat HaMoadot and of all the other holidays have some sort of fixed date, calendaric, uh, in the case of most of them. So to Shavuot must have some relatively anchored date. And if one thinks that Makarat Shabbat means Sunday, then there's no real anchor in any sense uh, in the calendar for Shavuot, because it could be any Sunday. But of course, if Makarat Shabbat means Pesach, uh, then to some extent Shavuot is anchored to Pesach. It is fixed in a certain sense like the other Chagim. And I think what lies behind the idea of Torah Shlema uh, that Rabbi Yochum and Zaka refers to in the Gemara uh, is what Rabbi Yossi elaborates upon his limu that there must be a sense that Shavuot is fixed like the other Chagim. And this is part of the idea of Torah Shlema. But there's another, another limud which I think is rooted in a similar idea and I will go on in the Gemara and read it to you here as follows. And this is in the name of Rabbi Ishmael. The Gemara says, Amrat Torah Hava Omer Bapesach the Torah said, bring the Karban Omer on Pesach, and bring the two breads on Atzeret on Chag Shavuot. Just as in the first case, it's, uh, just in the latter case, it's referring to um, a holiday and the beginning of a holiday when you bring the Shtei Regel. So to here, it's a holiday in the beginning of a holiday. Effectively, uh, on the level of Limud, Rabbi Shmuel compares Atzeret to Pesach, Shavuot and Pesach. Just as Shavuot is a holiday when you bring the Shtei Alechem, so too um, the Karban Omer, which is brought previously at the beginning of the cycle, is also connected to a holiday. It's Tchilat Regal, it's the beginning of Pesach. The Torah Shlema of Rabbi Shmuel is not so much the technical comparison, I believe, of Atzeret and Pesach, but something deeper, saying that the entire cycle of Pesach and Shavuot 
is one cycle, one continuity, which is linked by the Omer. There's a certain kind of parallelism that exists between them. There's a Korban Sibur of the Korban Pesach and the Korban Omer that's brought at the beginning of the cycle. And then at the end, uh, there's a Korban Sibur, a group Korban, of the Korban Omer that's brought by the entire community, the two breads, uh, brought from Moshevotechem from the houses. There's a linkage uh, between the two of the 50 days counting of the Omer. And on some plane, as I hinted earlier, where Pesach can be thought of as Chag HaMatzot, uh, Shavuot can be thought as Chag HaChametz. So it's kind of this bookend relationship, this power relationship between the two that indicates that it's kind of obvious that the cycle has to begin at the beginning of Pesach and end at Shavuot. And therefore, the right way to interpret Machrat Pesach is, that, is as uh, Machrat Shabbat is as the Mar after Pesach. And this is the limit of Rabbi Ishmael. And both the limudim of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Ishmael are concepts of Torah Shlema, an idea of looking at all the Chagim as a group, as looking at them as kind of in parallel. And this is kind of, to some extent, the inner dynamic of Torah Shabbat Peh. Okay. Now, I think we have gone a long way to resolving some of the problem, and at least explaining some of the technicalities of the rabbinic exegesis of uh, Macharat HaShabbat as Macharat HaPesach, the Mara of the Pesach. But at the same time, there still is a kind of technical problem or a series of technical problems, which I would like to uh, spend the remainder of the shiur uh, dealing with to some extent. And uh, let us uh, take a look um, again at the key pasuk in Veker Per Kafgimel, pasuk Yud Aleph, um, where the phrase first appears. And Veker Per Kafgimel, pasuk Yud Aleph says itself, Ve'nifit omer lefei Hashem, now, the simple meaning, or the simple reading of the phrase, Mimacharat Shabbat, Shabbat is Saturday. Mimacharat Shabbat is the morrow of Saturday. It means Sunday. And again, in Kafkimotet, Vabusfatem Lacham, Mimacharat Shabbat, Meom Havechem. Again, the simple, when taken in a vacuum, the simple pshat of the word seemed to mean Sunday. So while it might be true that we have this kind of Torah of Torah Shlema that tells you that you should interpret Macharat Shabbat as the day after Pesach, as the 16th of Nisan, but still in terms of the language itself, there's a kind of technical problem here that doesn't seem to go away. Well, the answer is to realize, as pointed out by Ramban, Anna Barbanel, and Ibn Ezra, is that Shabbat doesn't only refer to the day. It doesn't necessarily point to the day of Shabbat. But Shabbat can also mean, or literally means, cessation. Uh, or, uh, as phrased by the Mepharshim, um, the lack of melacha, the cessation of doing melacha, um, stoppage of work. Um, and uh, as the Mepharshim point out, as Ibn Ezra points out, if you look in some of the other um, uh, places in the Parsha and Parsha Madod and Kimel, Shabbat is used exactly in this sense. For example, if we take a look in Vayikra uh, Perkaf Gimel Pasuk uh, Kaf Dalid uh, regarding the next holiday, the one that comes after Shavuot, the Torah tells us, "Daber al bnei Yisrael emar b'chodesh hashvi'i b'chad l'chodesh yelachem Shabbaton." On the first day of the seventh month, you should have a Shabbaton a day of rest. And here it means day of rest. The word Shabbat here means day of zikron shura, memory of shura, mikra kodesh, it is sanctified. So the, in the context of Rosh Hashanah, um, so to speak, let's say the third Chag mentioned in Parashat HaMoadot, certainly the word Shabbaton means 
cessation, day of rest, cessation of melacha. And likewise, if we look a little bit later on, in Bayekra Per Kafkimo, Pasuk Lamed Bet, um, we're told as follows regarding Yom HaKippurim, Shabbat Shabbaton hulachem vinitem et nafshatichem b'tishal lachodesh ba'arev me'arev ad erev tishbechtu shabbatchem. Four times in the context of Yom HaKippurim, the phrase Shabbat is used to refer to a cessation of malacha, to refer to rest. And likewise in the Chag afterwards, in Vayikra Per Kafkim Al-Pazak Lamatet, regarding Sukkot, we read, Sukkot in the context of Sukkot as well. The fifth holiday mentioned in the parsha, the first day is a Shabbaton, and the eighth day is a Shabbaton, again here meaning cessation from Malacha of resting. And if so, I think the problem of meaning, that Machavata Shabbat must mean um, uh, Sunday, the day after uh, Shabbat, this is uh, not at all the case, because Macharata Shabbat can mean the day after the Isur Malacha, the day after the cessation from work, the day after the holiday which involves rest. And this is exactly what it means the first time it appears in the context of Pesach, um, in the proper way, according to this to read, the day after the day of rest, the day after the cessation of Malacha, the day after Pesach, which was just mentioned previously in the Parsha, um, this is uh, when you bring the Karbana Omer and begin to count from. So we can say that almost without a, well, I don't know without a shadow of a doubt, but in the context of Yekaper Kafkimel, the word Shabbat does not mean the day Saturday, but it's a general term for cessation of Malacha, uh, for cessation of, of work, and uh, it appears in almost every Chag in this context. And therefore, when Marcharat Shabbat appears in Reiker Per Kafkim Pasukid Alf and Pasukid Vav, it refers to the day after Pesach, which is the first cessation of Malacha mentioned in the Parsha. And in point of fact, um, by reading it uh, this way, we get a kind of added bonus, which is that the term Shabbat, uh, meaning cessation of Malacha, appears vis-a-vis every single Chag. Not just going backwards in Sukkot, and not just in Yom HaKippurim, and not just in Rosh Hashanah, but also now in the context of Pesach and Shavuot, the term Shabbat appears. And this is another kind of Torah Shlema, um, not so much the drashot of Chazal, but the kind of reading of the larger context of the parak and understanding that here the word Shabbat is used as not a way to point to a particular day, but as a reference to Yisur Malacha, another kind of wholeness or whole Torah that tells us the proper meaning of Macharat Shabbat here in the Perak. Now, all this uh, can be found, whether it be in the Gemara Machot or in the Mefrashim on the Chumash, and I've not really been mechadesh or innovated anything here. But I do think that while much has been said to resolve the problem of Macharat Shabbat, I do not think that the problem is fully resolved. I'd like to kind of recast the problem and then make a couple of interesting points um, as to how to resolve our recast problem. Let us return uh, for the moment to Ve'yikra Perek Kaf Gimel Pasuk Tet Vav. The second time that the phrase Machrat HaShabbat appears in the Parsha of Pesach, Omer, and Shavuot. Ve'yikra Perek Kaf Gimel Pasuk Tet Vav says as follows. Usfartem l'cham imachrat ha-shabbat. And you should count for yourselves from the day after the Shabbat. Miyom havi achem et omer ha-tnufa. From the day you bring the omer ha-tnufa, 
Sheva Shabbatot Tzimimot Tiena. You count seven full weeks. Ad Mimacharat HaShabbat HaShviit Tisperu Chamishim Yom. Until, well, it's a bit difficult to translate this Pasuk Kafkimot Tzayin. Until the seventh Macharat HaShabbat, you count Chamishim Yom. You count 50 days. Now, um, at this point, it becomes very hard to say that Ad Mimacharat HaShabbat HaShviit is a reference to anything but Sunday. Um, in this means the day after the Pesach, and this works out fine as we've argued so far in the Parsha. But in Pesach Yom, you count 50 days um, until the 7th Macharat Shabbat. This probably does mean Sunday. And Ramban is forced to admit um, that the second usage here in Parakavkim of Macharat Shabbat doesn't mean the day after Pesach, but does mean, in fact, Sunday. So in the end of the day, we have to say that the phrase Macharat Shabbat switches its meaning in the uh, Parsha. Well, it may normally mean the first two times around that it appears, um, it may mean the day after Pesach, the day after the cessation of Malachah of Pesach. By the third time it appears, Admi Macharat Shabbat Shvit, it probably means until. Uh, the elapse of the seventh week, or until the elapse of the seventh Sunday, or seventh week, it should mean, actually. And there's a problem here with the kind of slippery sense of uh, the symbol of Maharat Shabbat, what happens to it, that it switches its meaning, even as most Mepharshim are uh, forced to uh, confess and admit here in Parakavkimo Pasit Tetzayin. To rephrase, or to recast the whole problem, it is certainly valid, and certainly relatively easy to make the claim that Macharat Shabbat in general means um, the day after Pesach. Um, through the lens of Torah Shlema, we can explain why this must be the case. Uh, through the lens of looking at the entire parak, we, must, we can explain how Shabbat here in general means cessation of Malacha in the parak of Parshat Amodot. Yet at the same time, uh, the Torah here uses to, chooses to use a, a slippery symbol one which sometimes switches its meaning from the day after Pesach to, uh, to the, the day after the elapse of seven weeks. Um, the Torah uses a term, Shabbat, that can allow us to make the mistake which was made by that old Baitusi in the story of Rabbi Yochem and Zakkai, or a mistake that was then made uh, later on in Jewish history by uh, the Karaites in Karaitic interpretation, and uh, even flirted with by some figures within rabbinic Judaism to some extent. And, and the question is, why does uh, the Torah choose to use the symbol of Shabbat here and coin this tricky and slippery phrase, Mimacharat HaShabbat? And to some extent, I think that becomes, for us, uh, the key formulation of the problem of Macharat HaShabbat, the choice of this funny and strange term, which can be misinterpreted and can easily be understood in different ways. Why the ambiguous term? And this is what I would like to address here at the end of the show to some extent. Um, I would like to make two suggestions, quite briefly. One, which is, to some extent, uh, symbolic theological, and one which is perhaps more rooted in Vekra Perak Kafkimo. What I'd like to think about a little bit is the symbolism of um, Shabbat in general, and more precisely, um, the, the first time that Shabbat enters into the Jewish national consciousness, that Shabbat is presented to Am Yisrael as an Am, and what I actually uh, have in mind um, is the story of Shabbat and the Man, uh, which appears back in Shemot um, Perek Tet Zion. Um, and uh, it's worthwhile to take a look at the end of the Parshat Taman 
at Shmot Perak Tetzayin, Pasuk Lamid Bet, where the uh, Torah tells us as follows. Vayomer um, Moshe, and Moshe said, Zeh HaDavar Shetziva Hashem, this is the thing that God commanded, Below HaOmer Mimenu LeMishmeret, fill an Omer, a measure. Am Yisrael is commanded in the end to take a, a measure, and the word Omer is of course the same exact uh, term that's used here in our parsha and the Karbana Omer, going back to, to the moment of Yikra Perak Kav Gimel, Pasuk Yud, when you come to the land of Ketzartem et Ketzira, Bevitim et Omer Reshet Ketzirchem el HaKohen. And you bring a measure, the Reshet Ketzirchem, there's an interesting parallel between Parshat Haman and uh, the Karbana Omer that both involve the term Omer. But going back for the moment to Sefer Shmot, um, what Moshe tells B'nai Yisrael there is, so that the people should see forever the bread that I fed uh, them in the desert. I took them out of Egypt. And Moshe said to Aaron, Take a little vial. Put a full measure. Omer again. Man of man. And place it in front of God as a mishmeret, as a sign for the generations. And it was um, kept there as a, as a memory, as a, as a guardianship. And the people knew it was there and saw it there. And then the Torah continues on in Shmot Perak Tadzayin Pasuk Lamed and says, "Ubnei Yisrael achlu etaman arba'im shana ad bo'em al eretz noshavet etaman achlu ad bo'em al kzeret knan etc." Now, what's the idea of this whole idea of the Omer of Man, which is saved as a mishmeret? Well, it's basically exactly as uh, Moshe said, "Leman yiruot alechem asher achalti etchem b'midbar," in order to see uh, the bread that I fed them in the desert. The whole idea of man, on some level, is the idea of dependence upon God for one's daily bread, and the the saving of the Omer of man is. Uh, meant to instantiate and to memorialize this concept of dependence upon God for one's sustenance. And the people should remember forever they were dependent upon God for sustenance in the Midbar. Now, interestingly enough, this kind of completes uh, the parallel to our parsha, to Karban HaOmer, both on the technical literary plane of the word Omer, but also on the theological plane. Because after all, what is the Karban HaOmer all about? What we're told is, You come to the land that I'm going to give you, and you cut a harvest, you begin your harvest. There's almost a, in the Midbar, before coming to the land, the people had the Man and the Omer of Man, which sat in the Mishkan as a reminder of their dependence upon God. But here... Um, when they come to the land, now they have a different Omer, which reminds them of the very same thing. The reason why you have to bring a Korbana Omer, uh, the, the sacrifice of the measure of the first of the harvest, is to recognize God's provision of sustenance. And of course, only once you recognize God can you eat from the Chadash, from the new Tfuah. The Korbana Omer is a matir, allows you to partake in the new harvest because you recognize the fact that you were dependent upon God. So the parallel between um, the story of the man and the story of the Karban Omer is not just technical, literary uh, in terms of the term Omer, but it's also theological. They both uh, contain within the idea of dependence upon God and recognition of dependence upon God for one's sustenance. Now, of course, um, in Parshat Haman, uh, we also uh, have a mention of Shabbat. 
And it is in Parshat Haman that for the first time Shabbat enters into uh, the consciousness of Am Yisrael as an Am. As we well know, one is not allowed to leave over the man until the next day. But then Shmot Per Tetzayin, Pasuk Kaf Bet, reports the interesting occurrence that the people actually uh, gathered double one day and left it over to the next day. Shmot Per Tetzayin, Pasuk Kaf Bet, says as follows, And it was on the sixth day. Laktu lecha mishneh, the people took a double portion. Shneha omer, a double omer, lechad for each one. And the princes of the Yedah came and told Moshe, Pasuk Kaf Gimel, and here Moshe teaches of Shabbat before the Aserah they brought, for the very first time, to Am Yisrael. Tomorrow is Shabbat. What you bake, you bake today. And what you cook, you cook today. Leave it to the next day. And of course, they left it to the next day. And Moshe commanded them, Vayomer Moshe achlu hayom ki Shabbat hayom Hashem. Today is Shabbat. Eat it today. Hayom lom tutzil. But so that won't be in the fields. Sheishidam tilaktu, the famous six, seven formulation. Six days you will gather it. Vayomashi Shabbat l'ashem yebo. The first mention, the first teaching, the first concept of Shabbat that Bnei Yisrael received is Shabbat of the Man. And what is Shabbat of the Man all about? I actually think it's about the very same idea as the Man itself. If the man occurred every day on a regular basis, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, seven days a week, it would become easy at some point to rationalize uh, the man. It's a regular phenomenon. And we have an innate tendency to treat the regular as something that's natural, it comes all the time, and how easy it would be to forget that this is sustenance that comes from God, that we are dependent upon God for our daily bread. Um, and even if it rotted the next morning, we could easily say, oh, that's a, a natural phenomenon. But once there's an exception to the rule that it doesn't come every day, there's one day of the week that it doesn't come. And it doesn't rot every time, sometimes it doesn't rot. That very kind of internal contradiction in the story of the man, personified by Shabbat, reminds us that the man is a miraculous occurrence, or reminded Am Yisrael in the desert that the man is a miraculous occurrence. In other words... Shabbat is kind of the third leg of the triad that's set up in Sefer Shemot of Man, Omer on the one hand, Omer, the, the technical symbol of Omer, the notion of theological dependence, and Shabbat as part of that very same idea of dependence upon God for one's daily sustenance and being absolutely dependent upon God and not gathering on the seventh day shows you that the gathering of the six days is also somewhat miraculous, is about a certain kind of dependence upon God. Now, when we come back to Vayikra Per Kaf Gimel, to Parshat HaMo'adot. And it's strange choice to utilize the term Maharat HaShabbat in the Parsha of Karban Omer. And this creation of this kind of problem, well, maybe it means Sunday, and maybe Shavuot doesn't have a, a fixed day. Oh, well, we can defend with Torah Shleima, with Torah Shabbat and defend against the attacks of the Baitusim and the Karaites by explaining that Shabbat here means cessation of Malachan, it's used vis-a-vis every Chag. We can explain that Shavuot has to have a fixed date. We can explain that Shavuot has to parallel Pesach. We can give every explanation in the world. But in the end of the day, why does the Torah choose to utilize the troubling symbol of Machrat Shabbat and Parshat Omer to allow this whole discussion uh, to develop? I think part of the answer is a kind of literary theological answer. Because the Torah has a certain complex of ideas. The idea of Omer, dependence upon God, and Shabbat, as introduced into the national consciousness of Am Yisrael back in Sefer Shemot. And it's this parallel between Shemot and Vayikra, this matrix 
of Omer and Shabbat and dependence upon God, that tells you that the right term to utilize in Vayikra Perek Kaf Gimel, in talking about the Omer, the bringing of the Korban Omer, in, bringing method, in talking about the idea of dependence upon God, upon entering the land and bringing one's harvest in front of God as a way of allowing one to partake of the Chadash, the right term is to use is Shabbat. Because Shabbat means the exact same thing. Shabbat is again the idea of dependence upon God and because it plugs in theologically, that might be part of the reason why the Torah chooses, and this parallel might be part of the reason why the Torah chooses to utilize the phrase and develop the phrase in Machrat Shabbat here in Ve'ekra Perakaf Gimel. I think there are other answers uh, as to why Machrat Shabbat is the chosen phrase here, which have to do with perhaps Ve'ekra Perakaf Gimel itself, something about Sefer Ve'ekra, and maybe something else about uh, Sefer Yehoshua. Um, but we will stop at this point because we have run out of time.